Hello, welcome to Inspire Cleft Talk. My name is Lizzie. I am a solution-focused hypnotherapist. I run Inspire to Change Edinburgh, and I'm really excited to be recording this first episode of Inspire Cleft Talk, where I hope that over the next few episodes, we'll dive into a bunch of different themes that are relevant to cleft-affected individuals. And it's taken me a while to record this episode because ah, there's so much I could say. I mean, I've had a cleft my whole life and, you know, it's, it's difficult to even separate out what my life experiences is without my cleft. So there's so much I could dive into, but I'm going to keep it nice and simple because your time is precious and I think a five-hour podcast would be too much for anyone. So I'm going to first start off by talking about why this podcast, why am I making this podcast? Well, I think if I look back, if I rewind back about 10, 20 years ago, the life I'm living now would have felt pretty impossible. I work with people face-to-face, sometimes with video calls, in fact, quite often with video calls. I record videos, I um, look at them in the mirror and like what I see. I do lots of things that just would have felt impossible 10, 20 years ago. And this is really a letter to my past self, the one that was struggling with her mental health, the one that uh, felt like she couldn't live a full and fulfilling life because of her cleft and I feel like it's such an important message and I hope that anybody who's going through what I went through all those years ago um, might be able to take something from my story and of course all of our stories are different there this is what have been what's worked for me this has been the highlights of my life but everyone is going to have different experiences and that's also what I'm hoping to explore in the coming episodes, uh, speaking to others and learning about their unique and individual experiences. Um, Because then we can build up this lovely, beautiful, colorful tapestry of life experience. It's really rich and vivid. So starting off from the top, what is a cleft? Well, a cleft is a congenital condition. It occurs in utero and it's basically a gap that's left either in the top lip, in the palate, or both. And it can affect one side that's called unilateral cleft, or it can affect both sides that's bilateral. So in my case, I had a unilateral cleft lip and palate, and I had surgery at three months and 18 months to repair the cleft. And I have a faint scar in my lip and I have kind of jaggy, almost like a lightning bolt, which makes me feel like, "Hmm, (laughs) am I Harry Potter? I don't know if it is that it feels like a lightning bolt when I run my tongue over it but it must be a lot straighter than that um along my palate so both of those were repaired uh by 18 months and then I had five other surgeries after that some in childhood one in adolescence and then a couple in adulthood as well and yeah and the first few years of my life were really happy I don't remember feeling like I look different. I don't remember any comments about my cleft. I don't remember anything like that. So the first few years, um, I was obviously living at home with my family and I had friends in the neighborhood and 
I just I just was Lizzie. I was quite um, curious child, maybe too curious, some would say, and uh, very chatty, very sociable, very interested in people. And then my first day of school was pretty tough. Um, none of the children wanted to be near me or speak to me. And that was quite jarring at that age too. And because I didn't expect it, I didn't expect to have that reaction. I was really confused and hurt and I didn't really know how to deal with it. So I didn't talk about it. I didn't open up about it with my family or friends. And I just kind of uh, got on with it, I guess. And that happened for the first few years. I think I found it difficult to talk about it because um, it was something that was so unexpected for me. And it was, you know, at that age, you're you're learning how to socialize anyway. So I think it was just um, something that I was uh, keeping inside and I wanted to go home to my happy home and my happy friends and just have a happy time and not talk about it. And then, yeah, so the first few years, uh, there was teasing, there was name calling, and school became like quite a difficult place to be. I remember really not enjoying going in and wanting to get out as soon as possible. And then in primary four, so I was about eight or nine years old then, um, I went to a new classroom, and this teacher was just completely different from the other teachers not to say that the other teachers were bad but I think that they just turned a blind eye they didn't really know how to cope with it so but this teacher in primary four she took a completely different attitude to all the children in that class and that was the first class that I really made friends um, and I'm still friends with them to this day and we always talk about how wonderful this teacher was she was really like um, Miss Honey from Matilda she was just so enthusiastic and so interested in all of us she genuinely wanted to know about our lives she genuinely cared about us and um she showed that and she asked us questions and she encouraged us to do certain things so i remember i was writing a poem about a seal and she encouraged me to write more poetry she said oh this poem is amazing and she did that with all of us she really made us all feel special and i think it's such a unique talent to have because you know teachers they have a lot of work to do and um it must I, I don't know how she managed to do it I think it was just she had she really had this caring approach and she was really passionate about her job and the difference that this class made um was that she she just include she just created this environment she created this atmosphere of care and acceptance and when i went to have my surgery so that was when i had my first um, childhood surgery she got all the children to uh, make me get well soon cars and presented it to me in this big folder that was made out of that kind of it's not sugar paper but you know that primary school colored paper and it was a uh, a3 and uh sealed up with staplers and she presented it to me when I came back from my surgery and it was just such a, a beautiful gesture and um, it, I, I always think about that class and I always think about that teacher because it really shows the power that one caregiver can have and you know she didn't it wasn't so much what she did it was how she did it and it was how she applied that and I think that with bullying and um 
teasing and name calling, it can become this big monster at school and it can be really challenging for um, teachers and and parents to handle. But really, this this class taught me that it's, it's the approach and it's the small things and it's the being present and it's taking that time with the children and also laying down boundaries about what is and isn't acceptable. And if you create that positive and nurturing environment, there's no room for exclusion. There's no room for bullying, I believe. That was my, uh, that's really my takeaway from that one year where I really felt included, I really felt seen, and we all did. I mean, that's what was so beautiful about it. She just created this amazing environment for us all to the point that, you know, 25, I can't do the maths, 30 years later, oh, wow, I'm old, 30 years later, we are still talking about that one teacher. So, so yes, yeah, so that was a special year at school where I really felt like I enjoyed school. But other than that, it was pretty hit and miss. And I found it uh, quite stressful being there. But I was fairly resilient in my childhood, in my primary school years. And it wasn't until I got to high school that really my um, mental health started suffering. And, you know, you're you're flung in, we're all flung into this big high school with all the primary schools coming together, new faces, puberty's happening somewhere along the way. We're all starting to be aware of our bodies more and be aware of our appearance more and other people's appearance. And we all just want to fit in. So it's really a challenging time for, for most people. But when you're uh, teased and when you're bullied on top of that, it can be uh, quite distressful time. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's really what, um, how, what my teen experience was. And I had a really major operation when I was 18 years old to move my front jaw forward and that changed my face completely. I looked like a completely different person. And I remember having this kind of disconnect between not really being able to recognize myself in the mirror, having people being complimentary about how I looked, but then also mourning how I used to look and feeling attached to that um, that old face and, and feeling sad that it wasn't there anymore so there was like this yeah this real cognitive dissonance that was going on uh, after that surgery even though it's one of the most life-changing surgeries that I had and it helped uh, give me a solid bite and it brought my my lip forward it was it was it was an amazing surgery but I think because of my mental health at that time um and, and my body image as well it, it was just it just negatively impacted me and then I went off to uni and uh, I think that was really where I started to spiral and I was re I was getting I was finding it difficult to look in the mirror I was finding it difficult to even get out of bed sometimes I was just in a really low place my confidence was rock bottom my self-esteem was rock bottom and I had a really difficult relationship with my body and my face. I remember going bright red, meeting new people. I remember shaking on the way to parties or even just meeting people for coffee. I just found it, just found it too much really. And then um, there, there came a point where I realized that I couldn't 
go on as I was. I wasn't happy. And I think I was kind of in survival mode for, for a long time and kind of just getting on with it and not talking about it either. So I was, um, I took a lot of solace in music on my bedroom floor, just lying down. I remember like listening to the Beatles and Bob Dylan and just lying there <laughs> absorbing the lyrics. So yeah, that was my solace at the time, but talking about it wasn't something that I was ready to do. And and yeah, and I think just going, go, being out of that environment, going to uni and then having a few months of not really coping with life very well, I knew that something needed to change. And I opened up to my parents, I told them how I was feeling, what was going on. It felt really daunting to do at first, but it was like a massive weight lifted off my shoulders, just speaking about what was going on. And just just seeing their outpouring of love and support. And, you know, it's a funny thing, I think back to that time and it's not that I don't think that my family, my friends loved me. I, I always knew that they did. But I think when you're in that space, you just forget to look for the love that's there, if that makes sense. And I just remember that interaction. We were in the front garden of my parents' house and I remember seeing the looks in their eyes and just seeing that that love and that concern and that care and that was really enough really just spurred me it, it like lit a fire under me to really want to get better and and that was it that was that was my motivation I um I sought out therapy and I also made the commitment to work on my mental health and I would say the three things that helped me the most were therapy uh, my support network and also myself. So how did therapy help me? Well, therapy taught me firstly all about mindset that we are not our thoughts. And I used to think, oh, well, this is just who I am. I am miserable and um, I'm having all these horrible thoughts about my the way I look and all these things that these bullies are saying to me are true and this is just my lot and I have to deal with it. And it wasn't until I went to my first therapy session and uh, it was a hypnotherapy session actually and she talked me through this exercise where I could really see the control that I could have over my thoughts. And I remember at the end of it just feeling this immense calm and silence in my brain and it felt like... I don't know, like another worldly experience. I was like, wow, I just did that. I can control my thoughts. And that was really the launch pad in me cultivating positive mental health. And and yeah, therapy also taught me to uh, start inward and build myself from the ground up and really get clear on what my values are in life, um, what brings me joy, what makes me happy and um, and I think through doing that, through looking at my values, like what um, what I want to achieve and what is important to me, like uh, community and fairness and um, fun and adventure. So I, I, I identified all those values and it helped me it shift my focus onto who I am and what I want from life. Because I think when you're bullied, 
and when you suffer from poor uh, mental health and when you have uh, you struggle with your body image and you're focusing on how you look rather than who you are you can lose yourself in that and you can become the stories that bullies tell you um you can become the stories you tell yourself you can uh become the person you think you look like and then you lose who you are in that process and it can be very destabilizing so therapy really helped me center myself and understand who I was again and that was really powerful and it also helped me understand how to relate to people better so instead of getting upset if I wasn't necessarily getting on well with somebody and uh, I used to immediately think oh it's because of my cleft I I started thinking well these are my values these are their values they might not match up and this is maybe where the discord is and that was really liberating and it also helped me understand other people outside of my cleft and uh, how did my support network help me well like I said I always knew they were there I always knew that I had all this love around me but I loss I forgot that somewhere along the way or I wasn't focusing on that so focusing back on my support network um and opening up about my cleft was a huge one because like I said I didn't talk about it for the longest time and I I I was really scared to talk about it it felt scary felt really vulnerable talking about my cleft but the moment that I did again it was like this weight lifted off my shoulders and I felt like I could make sense of my experience through the eyes of the people that loved me through talking about my cleft. So I started doing that more and more. And it was interesting uh, hearing the different opinions from other people. And most people, all of my friends and family were like, I'm so glad that you're talking about this now. And yeah, and it became easier the more I did it. And it became it became really liberating being able to share my story and be able to tell it through my eyes through in my way and it felt like if I can tell my story no one else can tell it for me and how did I help myself well that was through that first initial chat with my mom and dad that first wanting to get better I think is the first all-important step because you know there are many roads to Rome people will find healing and solace and they will overcome their challenges in a way that makes most sense to them and there are so many ways that you can help your mental health this is what worked for me but I think the really really important thing is to just tell yourself I want to get better how do I how do I get better how how am I going to do this and that will um, inform your next step so that initial desire was really a turning point for me. And then also just switching the idea that mental health is just something that happens to you and that you're a victim to and you you have a lifetime of just being depressed and anxious, but rather seeing mental health like like hygiene, like a daily practice and really getting clear on what you need those days or um, is, whether it's movement or whether it's um, some time on your own or time with friends or, you know, whatever it is, just really changing that view from why am I like this to what do I need yeah things like running 
and yoga and uh, meditation. I all found I found those at various points. Running was the first thing. I remember that I was running because I hated my body and I wanted to lose weight. But actually, what I discovered was running just made me feel incredible, and I just felt such a sense of peace and calm afterwards. So that helped me for a while and then um yoga came along and um then eventually i managed to meditate so it took me a while to get there i was many years there were many years where people recommended meditation to me and i said oh no i can't meditate i can't i can't sit still for that long and then yeah i started very small with one minute then two minutes then three minutes and now it's one of my biggest tools so it goes to show that you know tools come and go on your journey and it's about exploring those tools and finding what works for you in the right moment and yeah that's basically my story I think that now looking back even though there were some painful moments and there were some really really hard times as twee and cheesy as it sounds I really do think it's um, made me the person that I am today and by going through all of that pain even though I probably, in fact, I definitely couldn't appreciate it at the time because it was such a dark period of my life. It was that very act of experiencing all of those arduous experiences and living through them and coping in the best way that I knew how that got me through the other side and gave me that strength and that growth that I feel now I'm much more resilient as a result I have a, a much stronger desire to connect with people and and yeah and I think I have a sense of perspective and joy and appetite for life that I don't think I would have if I hadn't had those early difficult experiences because when you go through something like that you come out the other side and you think to yourself well I survived that so if I can survive that I can survive anything and it gives you this immense sense of confidence and pride in yourself almost. And it, like I said, you develop all these skills as a result. And it means that you approach life with a completely different attitude. And in a way, I'm really grateful for those experiences. And uh, although I wouldn't wish that on little Lizzie for the world, and I'm sorry she went through that, I think that it's paved the way for where I am now. And if you're listening to this and you are struggling with your mental health, please know that you're not alone um, and there is so much support available. So we can get very roadblocked with mental health. Like I can't afford a therapist. The NHS uh, waiting lists are really long and I'll never get the help. But there is so much help available. We've got this incredible cleft community and visible differences community that's building and especially over the last five years it's got it's gone from strength to strength and we're opening up really important conversations around discrimination and around representation in the media and there's all these amazing influencers and um, cleft advocates that are posting their stories online and they're spreading positivity and they're spreading hope so we have all that at our disposal and we also can connect with each other whether it's that's on Facebook or Instagram and then there are organizations like Changing Faces and Clapper that offer free 
counseling support, they offer free peer support, and you can access that whenever you want uh, just by going onto their website. And there will also be local charities that will be offering mental health support as well. So there is support everywhere if you just look for it. But that the most important thing is to take that first step. And trust me, it will change your life. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I really appreciate it. And if you have any comments or you'd like to give some feedback, please do let me know. I'd be, I would love to hear your thoughts. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of Inspired Cleft Talk, please get in touch. I would love to share your story.